Welcome to the weekly message from Rhema Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. So this morning I've come to share what was on my heart this morning. And the subject I have this morning is finding your place. Finding your place. And I was just looking at that and researching that and, and I thought, well, what is place? What is a place? So I looked at some definitions of place and it says any area set aside for a particular purpose. A place where you live or a position a particular place occupied by a person, a space reserved for sitting. The first verse I want you to turn to and to, to reflect on, God has a place for you. And as you, know, as you get born, you know, born again, it's not just, okay, I'm born again, I'm ready for heaven, I've got my ticket, and that's it. There's more to it than that. But Jesus spoke to his disciples before he went to the cross. And in John 14, verses 1 to 3, this is a wonderful verse because I think, you know, sometimes we get a bit upset or worried or anxious about where, where do we fit in the church? Where do we fit in the body of Christ? And this, this verse is just really good. It says, Jesus says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Then he says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again to receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. So Jesus was talking to his disciples and he said, I'm, I'm preparing a place. And of course, the way he, he prepared a place was to go to the cross. Jesus became the door for your entry into God's kingdom. He prepared a place for you as Christians, as you've come to know him, he has prepared a place. You know, and of course we, we talk about, and we've got a song about seating with, seated with him in heavenly places. Well, that's our place spiritually. You know, in Ephesians 2, 4 and 5, I'll just, just uh, mention this to you now, that it says, but God, who is rich in mercy, we've been talking about mercy and grace, God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ and he has raised us up and made us to sit together in heavenly places. So that where Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place. Well, spiritually, we have a place in him. And that's in heavenly places. And that's where we should stand in our authority, that we are seated with Jesus in heavenly places. Amen? You can respond if you like. It helps me. 
I know it's a long time between drinks coming up here, but I just, as I said, I just want to share what's on our, my heart this morning. What we're going to do is we're going to look at an example of someone being in their place and how that when we are in the place that God has called us to, we are blessed. Not only we are blessed, but God can use us to bless other people. Amen? So the example I'm bringing today is a man called Abraham, the father of faith. And I'm sure you know, you've heard his name, and I'm sure you know his story. But it's interesting to see that he, he was a man of faith. And we're going to find out what his place was, and how he was blessed, and how that through him being obedient, we have been blessed. It's a, a thing which flows through. Not only was he blessed, but we were blessed. So we talk about, you know, we talk about the blessings of Abraham that's come upon us and we rejoice in that and we say, yes, praise God, we've got, we've, we've got the blessings of Abraham now. Praise God and we all get excited. But there's another side of that that we need to look at. You know, he didn't get, just get, God just didn't throw blessing on him. There was part of that was that Abraham was obedient. He was in a place of obedience to God. That's very important to remember. You know, as we travel through our, our journey as a Christian, I, I've been, I was born again when I was 15. And as I've travelled, you know, God's grace and mercy has been upon me and I see that I've been in different places through all that uh, time. He takes you to different places. And the thing is that you have to be obedient to, to God. So let's look at Abraham. Now Abraham, firstly, he obeyed God's direction. If you look at Genesis 12, you'll see that at the age of 75, he left his home. God said to him, get up out of your home and go to where I'm going to show you. Now, that's a bit of a tough one, you know, if you've got a family and that. For you to be able to say, okay, God. So he must have had this relationship with God at that point in time. He must have known God's voice. Because as soon as God spoke to him, he said, and I love this, it shows humility. He says, here am I. He said to God, here am I. He, doesn't, he didn't say, oh, what do you want? He said, here am I. That's a, that's a position of humility. So at 75... He left his home, and of course he had some adventures on the way. He ended up in Egypt for a while. He experienced that his family was kidnapped, but with God's strength he was able to get his family back. He paid tithes and offerings. That's interesting. Even then, it's first mentioned that Abraham paid tithes. Is this a heart of humility? Submission? Yes. So 75, he left home. God, from the time he, um, God spoke to him, he said, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. I'm going to bless you. And 10 years later, you know, sometimes we think, oh, I want it to happen tomorrow. I want this to happen. If God's put something in your heart that he wants you to do, it may not happen tomorrow. 
But as you trust in him, it will happen. So 10 years later, Abraham was probably thinking, gee, this has taken a long time. And his, and his wife said to him, well, well, you know, God's promised you an heir. How about you take my servant girl? And from there, we know that Ishmael was born. He took a place, he decided to do it his way and not to follow God's direction and wait for him. And sometimes, <laughs> we all do that. Sometimes God's put a, a, a vision or a, something in your heart and we've got to wait on God's timing. You know, sometimes we like to shortcut. Usually when we shortcut, we end up down a dead end and we go, oh, I wish I had not done that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm talking from experience. So Ishmael was born. Well, that was trouble. Then he had to wait another 14 years. God reaffirmed his covenant even at 85. God reaffirmed that covenant. And by the age of 99, Abraham... God appeared to Abraham again. You know, maybe I would have said, yeah, I've heard this before. My goodness. It's been how long? 25 years and I'm still waiting for this heir you've promised. How's this going to happen? Sometimes we can question God, but he wants us to stay faithful. So at the age of 99, God affirms his covenant. And then... Guess who's born? Isaac. Well, praise God. He's so excited. And Isaac means joy, means happiness. So Abraham and Sarai, well, it was Sarai and Abram, but they changed the name, of course, to Abraham and Sarah. They were so happy, they're contented. They've got, <laughs> they've got their child they've been longing for. For such a long time. They were joyful. They were relaxed. But we'll see that even though Abraham had learnt a lesson about not depending on the flesh when he tried to do it his way, he continued to listen to God. He continued to hear God. And if we turn to Genesis 22... God came to Abraham and asked him to do something which was ridiculous. You know, how would you feel if you're just enjoying your son and you're enjoying your, your place and God has promised you so much and then all of a sudden God comes and says, okay, I want you to sacrifice your son. You say, what after 25 years of promises, after I've just enjoying my son, give me a break. Wouldn't you feel like saying that? But he said, if you look at um, verse 1 of Genesis 22, it says, Now it came to pass after these, these all these things that had happened to him, 
that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And what did Abraham say? Here am I. Still had that attitude of humility. Here am I. God wanted him to, well not really, but he was testing him to see his allegiance. He wanted to sacrifice his son, to lay down that thing which was so precious to him, to lay down something which was so important to him to fulfill God's promise and God's, what God called him to do. I, I can, I'm nothing like Abraham, but I know that there have been times in my life where I've come to that type of situation. I remember when I lived in Sydney. We just built a brand new house and we were enjoying it. Someone had given us money to put a pool in and we thought we were serving the Lord in a church and we thought, this is it. We're, this is where we're staying we're enjoying this. And the Lord says, I want you to go to Queensland. And I went, what? And, well, it was only God's grace that got me here. <laughs> you know, in, in our journey through our Christian walk, it's important to listen to him because he knows better. He knows the big picture. Sometimes we think this is it. And this is it. We found our place. But God has always more for you. So let's read on. Um, Genesis 22. And it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. He said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early. Hey, how would you feel if God said that to you? I'd be still staying in bed the next day. I'd be going, Look, I really don't want to do this. You've got to be joking. I'd be delaying. I might even say, well, I'll pray about that. Uh, I might spend some time praying. In other words, I'm delaying. But Abraham, you can see his heart. He rose up early in the morning, he saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. And he split the wood from, for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place where God had told him. Then on the third day, so the place he had to go to, he didn't have a car, he had to get his donkey, and after three days, it says, after three days he lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar, off. So it was not only a three-day journey, but he still had to look for another to see it, this place afar off. I would have probably stopped and gone back home. You know, three days walking, it's a bit tough, isn't it? But God knew what he was doing. And Abraham was obedient. And Abraham said to his young man, 
young man, stay here with the donkey and the lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. He didn't say, well, I'll come back. He said, he's operating in faith. He knew God. He knew God could raise... And it says, I think it says in Hebrews 11, it says God, uh, Abraham knew that he could raise the dead. He knew that. So by faith, he says, we, we will come back again to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and the knife, and the two went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for a burnt offering? So Isaac was a bit puzzled what's going on. And Abraham built, I said, and then they came to the place which uh, God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order and he bound Isaac, his son. Abraham said to his son when he asked that question, he said, God will provide. Again, operating in faith. So he built this altar. He laid Isaac, his son, on the altar, upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But he said, oh, sorry, and the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here am I. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, for me. Wow. Do you think Abraham was relieved? Yeah. I think Isaac was even more relieved. God had a plan. God revealed himself as Jehovah Jireh in this place. And if we go on from Genesis 22:13 it says, "Then Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his thorns, by his horn, sorry. So Abraham took went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. In other words, Jehovah Jireh. As it is said today, the mount, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. That word Jehovah Jireh and we associate that with our God one of his names. But it says here that Abraham called the place Jehovah Jireh. There's no doubt that the Lord is our provider. That word Jehovah in, in, 
in the Bible is mentioned 5,000 times. The word Jaira is ma- uh, mentioned 1,304 times. But together, only once. Jehovah Jaira is only men- mentioned once in the Bible. And this is the place of provision. In that place of obedience was, was God's provision and blessing. But it took a man to be obedient. What was the purpose? Well, let's move on and we'll see. In Genesis twenty-two fifteen to 18, it says, Then the angel of the Lord came to Abraham the second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply your descendants, descendants as the stars of the heavens and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of your enemies. In you, in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So the result of Abraham's obedience and going to the place where God directed him to, he was blessed. We talk about the blessings of Abraham. Well, he was blessed by God because of his obedience. But we can see that the place of blessing was not just for one person, but it was extended to many. And it's only through Abraham's obedience that Jesus came and the blessings of Abraham came to us as well. So what I'm trying to say here is that we have a place in God. We have a heavenly place, but what about here on earth? What's your place? What is God... Each one of us has a place. Each one of us, God has called us to a place. It's important to trust God that that place he has for you is a place of abundance. And as you're obedient to him, he will bless you. But he wants to not only bless you, but he wants you to bless others. He wants to bless others through you. Amen? That's what he wants. And, and no one's... You can't say, well, that's not me. I'm not, the, I'm not a pastor or I'm not this or I'm not that. Well, we all pay our part. It's so important. So Jehovah Jireh refers not only to God but to a place. Abraham not only had to listen to God but he had to go to the place. Now if Abraham had said... To God, yeah, okay, I'll sacrifice my son. But I can just do it out the back here. I'll, look, I'll, I'll just build an altar out the back because there's plenty of space out here and I'll, I'll sacrifice him there. What do you think would have happened? He would have mucked the whole process up. He had to go to a place first that God had directed him 
first to obtain the provision and to obtain the blessing. Do you get that? Do you see what I mean there? It's important that it's, you know, sometimes we go, God, you are our provider. Thank you, Lord. Drop it on my head. I need this right now. But God says, no, just, just be obedient. Follow my direction and you will be blessed. Not only will you be blessed because it's not all about you, it's about I want to get blessing other people through you. So in Rhema Church, God has called our pastors to be here and we believe that we're here for a purpose. It's not to just sit in and enjoy the, the messages and get fat on the word and to say, praise the Lord, hallelujah, see you next week. God has called each one of us to be part of his body and he does, each one of us do have a part to play. And it's when you are obedient and willing that you are blessed. And God can use you. Because of Abraham's obedience, not only he was blessed, but his family and all the nations of the earth. What God told him, Abraham, to do was not convenient. It wasn't real easy. It wasn't convenient. And there are times when we, when we have to do things that God has called us to when I don't want to do it. It's not convenient. I have, you know, and God may want you to do something or meet someone's need or, or speak to someone. And uh, get that phone call. And you go, oh, look, I'm watching TV. Just give me a break. I've just been working all day. It wasn't convenient for Abraham. But God blesses those who are obedient. You know, there have been times, and I've experienced in, in our lives, where God sends someone across your path. I'm sure that each one of us, there's been a time when God... Someone's come to you at the right time when you're in a need or a situation and has spoken God's word over you, has encouraged you. Is that right? Has for me. It's been wonderful. God used that person to bring encouragement. And for us, as being born again, redeemed, and what we've got, a ticket to heaven, praise God, but he wants more from you. He wants you to be his hands and feet and his mouth. He has a place for you. And what I've learned over the years is that as you are willing and obedient, he will direct your path. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. If you're finding of, that you are puzzled and, or wondering, where am I going? What does God want me to do? Well, just trust in the Lord with all your heart. Just like Abraham, he trusted in the Lord. Sure, 
In my life, I've done some silly things. I've made some wrong decisions. But God is always there and says, get up, let's keep going. The same for you. The same for you. The question is, why do we come to church? I was asking myself that, you know, what's church all about? Why do we come to church? There are a number of reasons. Some of us come because of obligation. Well, we better go to church. I've been going to church for the last 50 years and I better turn up because that's what I'm obligated to turn up. Well, if you're in a position of leadership, you, should, you better be. <laughs> but sometimes people come just for obligation. Yeah, I like to go to church. I'm obligated to go to church. But that's not... That's a good thing. At least you're in church. That's great. But some people come to church because they have a need. They may have need for fellowship. They may have need to, to hear the word, to have time in, in, in the corporate anointing to enjoy that. That's wonderful. It's really good. But what about another motivation? Coming to be filled up, coming to get a supply. And as we go out for the week, that supply we receive, we can give out. We can share. You know what it says about what we freely give, we f- what we freely receive, we freely give. Having attitude of being a channel that God can use you, so important. That's a good thing. That's a good thing, to have a supply. Because, you know, your tank, over the week, the, the week, your tank, your love tank and whatever it is, can get a little bit low because you're giving out or you come across things within your work that you have to deal with. And sometimes it really drains you. Coming to church is a good thing to get a supply that you can then go out and give out. But also, as we are a body, the body of Christ, we're not individuals. You know, God, doesn't, God doesn't see his church as one there, one over there, one over there. And we don't expect you to do the same. You are not an individual in the body of Christ. We are together, unity together. And therefore, not only it's important to have a supply but we need you to bring your supply to this church. You are just as important as anyone else. To bring your supply, whatever it is, and to contribute and give your supply in seeing this church grow. Because the calling on this church is not just to have a little place filled with people all smiling and happy, and but there's a world out there that needs Jesus. And I know Pastor Tony wants to see people coming into the kingdom. Our Heavenly Father is not willing that any should perish. So he's called us to be his hands and feet in his mouth. And he has called us to add our supply. No one's exempt. God doesn't say, well, 
Now, we'll just leave Jeff out this time. Now, now he's fine. He can just sit and do nothing. Now, God doesn't say that. He's called everyone. But the thing is that he doesn't force us. He doesn't make us. And as we understand who we are in Christ and what we've just been singing about God and what Jesus has done to us and how grateful we are for all that he's done, isn't it a good response for us to say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Where is my place in this body? What do you want me to do? Ephesians 4, 15 and 16 says, and it's talking about adding your supply, it says, but speaking the truth in love, may we grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body is joined together, knit together, by what every joint supplies. There it is. What every joint. In the body, you don't have a, a leg floating around out there doing nothing in, in a natural body. The body is all connected and we add our supply. Each part has a, a role to play. The same with the body of Christ. Every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Oh, I like that. Causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So the growth comes as we all add our supply. You have a place. God has called us, each one of us, to have a place and have an involvement in the body of no one is exempt. As we're born again, no one's exempt. It's our decision whether we walk that way. Are we going to be obedient? Are we going to follow his direction? doesn't matter where you're at in your life. Starting is a good place. You've got to start. You know, I know Pastor Tony talks about God's part, my part. Once you step out and say, God, I'm going to follow your direction. I want to do my part. I want to add my supply. Once you step out, God says, okay, I'm with you. He, and he will equip you. One of my favourite verses is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that's the experience I found from the time I was 15. The journey that I've been through to this day, God, if you take a step, he's with you. If you fall, he's there to pick you up. None of us are perfect. We do make mistakes and praise God for his love and mercy. Amen. 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 Well, time goes fast. I wanted to turn to 1 Peter 5 and talk about some of the things that will help us get in our place and, and take our place. 1 Peter 5. Now the first part of 1 Peter 5, 
uh, 1 to 4, it's actually talking about, Peter's talking about um, pastors to be in their place. He gives them a bit of a strong talk and he says, okay, pastors, you get in your place. You're going to do, you, you operate not by power, you know, wanting the power or under financial, wanting finances. He says you've got to feed the sheep, look after the sheep, protect the sheep. And he's telling, the, he's telling the, the pastors and leaders that's what your responsibility is. And to be, what would you call it, a representative. But what I want to do is to move to the second part of that from verse 5. And it says in 1 Peter 5, 5, it says... Likewise, you younger people, he's already told and given the hard word to the pastors to get themselves into the right place to act properly. You're representing me, etc. Then he goes on to say, likewise, you younger people. We could put that in some ways in the Amplified. says those who are maybe not in that leadership role for everyone else in the body of Christ. It says, firstly, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you, be submissive to one another. So not only a, the Lord Peter's saying, look, hey, get in your place by firstly submitting to your leaders, but also submitting to each other. It says, be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you may have suffered a while, he will perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. He will settle you in your place. To him be the glory and dominion forever. So here's a few things I want to bring out here. Firstly, be submitted not only to the elders, but to one another. That's an attitude of humility, being submitted. What God wants to do in our church and to do in the church throughout the world cannot be done by just a leader. It is a team effort. And that's why God is calling us in these last days to stand and take our place in, in the body. This is talking about partnership. Leaders and the rest of the body working together. This means when leaders do their part and followers do their part, working together in unity the job will be, get, be done. 
And, the, and what we've been called to, if you, you call Rhema Family Church your home, well, we want the job done. We want to see outreach. We want to see people not only coming into the kingdom, we want to see them grow, that Christ becomes fully formed in them. So we need people to be volunteers, to take their place. And this is not a volunteer drive, by the way. This is, this is talking about what God wants for each one of us, that none of us can say, no, I'm not part of that. God is calling us all. doesn't matter what God's given you to do. It can be from anything, from the giving out a leaflet to just saying hello to someone, maybe cleaning the toilets, just something. And if you do it in, you're not doing it for Rhema, you're not doing it for Pastor Tony and Patsy, you're doing it for the Lord. God blesses you when you're obedient. The second thing is humbling yourself under God's hand. The reason Peter is saying to submit to the leadership and to each other, because God resists the proud. Sometimes we get an attitude and say, look, I'm not going to do that. No way. I'm going to do it my way. No, I'm not going to listen to the pastor. I'm going to do it my way. I love the Lord my way. That's not what God's saying here. That's, he resists the proud. Sometimes we have a, a way of thinking, well, God's given me a vision and I'm going to do it my way, in my time. And that's where you make a mistake. We can run ahead of God. And God says, hey, wait there. There's a few things you've got to learn before you get to that place. Just settle down. Follow my direction. So it's, it's so important to, to humble yourself. The next one, I'm going quickly through this, is casting your cares on him. Now, this is in the same context of these verses. It's not talking about, and we use this verse now. Many of us use this verse. Oh, well, you know, if you're anxious and upset, cast your care on him. But he's talking about this process here of being in your place. He, he says, cast your cares on him, for he cares for you. Peter didn't change subject in the middle of these verses. God has called many people to take their place in the body of Christ. But there are things that get in the way. There are the cares of this world. There are attitudes that can cause us to worry. But in this context of being in our place, he says, for all those things, cast them on him, for he cares for you. Throw those things on. Now those cares within your family. He says, just continue to cast them on him, for he cares for you. And then he goes on to say, watch out for the devil's tactics. You know, the devil runs around looking for someone to devour. Just be aware that he's out to upset you, to get you offended, offended at the pastor, offended at the person sitting next to you, etc. Just be aware of that. And I'm jumping to the next one. It's be firm in faith. We, gotta, we are men and women of faith. Just like Abraham, he believed God. What he, God had promised, 
he brought to pass. What God's put in his heart, in your heart, if it's from God, it will come to pass if you follow and be obedient. Amen? And then it says in verse 10, he will make you complete and what you ought to be. I love that. So, to just finish off, being in the right place at the right time, to be able to minister to people, so important. Isn't it wonderful that Pastor Tony and Patsy came here? They came to this place. They were blessed and we've been blessed as well. You know, people working in the children's church, they're in the place there, they're serving. They're blessing the children. God blesses them. He's using them to bless others. God is calling each one of us to walk in obedience. We have a place of stewardship, of giving. Even this morning, as we've given towards New Guinea, who's going to get blessed? We are because we gave, because God has promised that he will bless us as we've given. But guess who else is getting blessed? The people in New Guinea, because we're giving. See what I mean? God will bless us and he wants to use us to bless others. He's calling us to do that. So when we obey God, other people get blessed. Just like Abraham. That was an incredible part that he played in God's plan and purpose. I was talking to a, someone in the congregation this week and they told me a story about their grandfather who God called them to a certain country town. And during that time, they felt that they weren't very effective in that town. They only got one person born again during that time and it was an old drunk. And he got born again. And they thought, well, what, you know, this was a bit of a waste of time. But the son of this man was born and he became a prominent leader in one of the local denominations and still is. You know, God... You, and I was talking to someone else about outreach. You know, you don't know who... When you get someone born again, you just don't know what God's plan was for, is for that person. Look at Billy Graham. Someone got B Billy Graham born again at some point in time when he was a young man and what he did. So the exciting part about outreach is that you just don't know God's plan. You just be obedient and you see people's lives spring up when they're born again and they go on to greater things. God's calling each one of us to go to our place to follow his direction. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's pray. Father, we just commit ourselves to you. And Father, I ask that you speak to each one here this morning that you have a place and a calling on their lives. 
I pray, pray, Father, that you'll give revelation to them this morning. That, Father, I haven't missed it. It's not too late. That, Father, you have called them and that they are precious and valuable in your sight. Thank you, Lord. I want you to repeat this after me. Say, Father, I know I have a place in you. When I go to heaven, I have a place in you. And on this earth, I still have a place in you. I'm seated with you in heavenly places. But also, I have a place here on this earth to fulfill the call on my life. And today, I commit myself to you to follow your direction to fulfill what you want me to do. And I know that you'll bless me but above all things that you use me to bless others. In Jesus' name. Now this morning, we're talking about places. There may be someone here this morning who hasn't come to the place of being in God's kingdom. The opportunity this morning to join God's family is right now. Jesus made the way for, for this to happen. Jesus took our place. He, he was a substitute lamb when we were sentenced to death, but he took our place so that we could have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. So today, if you don't know him and you want to join the family of God and be blessed and follow his, his way, the opportunity is to now. God has made a way through Jesus. Is there anyone this morning who doesn't know the Lord, has never given their life to him? It's exciting life. From the time I was 15, my life has been exciting. God has a way and a path for you which is beyond the world system, beyond anything else. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story that you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at churchatrhema.org.au. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.